Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show, episode 94. How you doing? I am here in my living room. I'm relaxing on my new director's chair because, you know, why not add a little ridiculousness into your life? Shouldn't everybody have a director's chair? Aren't we all directors of our life? But I got one with my name on it. Like, it's so ridiculous. But I'm working on this film project. Why not? Why not? Play the part. Fake it till you make it, baby. Anyway, fact of the day. Sugar cookies. Do you know that these cookies have been around since the 1700s? And they were created by German Protestant settlers in Pennsylvania, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. And sugar cookies at this time, they were, they were known as Nazareth cookies. And then they, get, they got so popular. And we call them sugar cookies. I don't know how the name changed. But they were because they started in Pennsylvania and because they were called Nazareth cookies, Pennsylvania decided we're going to make this our state cookie. I loved that. I never been much of a sugar cookie girl. I mean, I, I, I'll eat them. I'll eat any cookie. <laughs> I Like, no, literally, I will eat any cookie. I'll go to somebody's house and be like, I made cookies. I don't think they're that good. I'll be like, oh, I'll have a few. <laughs> like, I will eat anything that's that's a baked good. But I prefer chocolate chip. But I, I, but I did make um, sugar cookies over the holidays. I told you about that book a few weeks ago, 101 Cookies. And they had an amazing sugar cookie uh, recipe in the book. It was one of those pan-banging cookies. I think I talked about that in the episode. It was like, you know, you make the cookies, you put them on the, the baking sheet, and then halfway through the baking process, you know, you bang, 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 bang the pan, you know, obviously with the oven mitt on. And, uh, and the cookies come out like thin and crispy. And this is what I, uh, this is what I did with the sugar cookies. So the sugar cookies weren't chubby cookies, moist and chubby uh, and fluffy cookies. You know, they were they were hard, almost like cracker cookies, and I just loved them. If you hear a little commotion in the background, it's because I'm trying to get my big ass to fit on my <laughs> new director's chair. <laughs> you should have seen me putting this thing together. It, it, it's, it was, it's, um, it's easy. It wasn't like screws and stuff, because then I wouldn't be able to do it. But you had to put like a canvas, you have to like, you know, like kind of stretch the canvas and put it on the wood frame, and, you know, I probably did it wrong, but, no, that's fine. Um, another fact that I read about that I had no idea, that in the 1800s, blow dryers, blow dryers, these blow dryers, hair dryers, they were made of stoneware, and in the 1800s, people would fill them with boiling water before they would comb your hair through to help dry the hair. Is that not so crazy? And you know and and then they obviously in the in the early 1900s they had the the first sort of like chrome hair dryers at the salons, but it really wasn't until the 1960s that um a lightweight hair dryer was made. And I wonder who made the first hair dryer. Maybe it was Conair. It has to be Conair, right? I mean, I I don't know. That's actually a good uh that's a good thought. Okay, TV talk. Let's talk about it. Okay, so I um, did. I, I finished inventing Anna. I loved it. Uh, I I I still have like an episode to go on Pam and Tommy. Um, I, where did I finish Pam and Tommy? I can't even remember because I think it was over a week ago. But anyway, what I started watching the other night, The Gilded Age. It's about uh, New York City. 
at the turn of the century. And I don't always love period pieces because I feel sometimes like they're so overdone. Um, I just, for whatever reason, can't get into them. I, I, I almost feel like it's too fantasy, too much of a fantasy world. But my boyfriend was like, come on, let's watch The Gilded Age. The Gilded. So I said, fine. I watched two episodes. And the first episode, I wasn't really into. The second episode, I was totally hooked. You got to check it out. It's it's uh it's about like the the big families, you know, that 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 um that made New York. And I think like kind of the 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 US, you know, like the Vanderbilts, um the the Burdens, you know, all these all these big super the Guggenheims, all these big fancies and it's about what they were like at the turn of the century and who built what mansion on 5th Avenue and who's snubbing who and can't get invited to what party. And it's just an interesting look at what New York was like then. And um, and how the same sort of social bullshit that we deal with now uh, still went on back in the day. I I I almost I mean it's it's fictionalized. You know I'm I'm sure it's based there there's it's based on true elements. You know here and there, but but it's a it, it's a story. I almost wish though they they had used like footage or or some pictures. You know made made like you know animated pictures or something of. Uh, of that time in New York, you know, like you watch it and you're like, oh, did that really look, did, did, did the streets really look like that? And, you know, I, I kind of wish that they had some, some sort of real, real, real element, um, there. But anyway, worth definitely watching the Gilded Age. I told my aunt, she was like, nah. And then she started watching it. Now she's hooked. She's into it. And speaking of catty women and social stuff, uh, the Real Housewives of New York, I'm doing a show March 30th at The Stand downtown. March 30th, it's a Wednesday. It's a, such an annoying day, I know. Wednesday, 7 o'clock p.m. at The Stand Comedy Club called The Real Ex Housewives of New York. And it's me and my friend Olga, and she's a, she's a hilarious comic. She's uh, was is like, I don't know if she's a former Orthodox Jewish girl. I don't know what the deal is there. She's still religious, but she got married and it didn't work out, and she got divorced, and she's a stand-up comic, and her act is all about, you know, um, being married uh, in the Orthodox community, and, you know, and she got divorced, and blah, 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 and it's a stand-up show. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not like parody stuff. The reason we called it The Real Ex-Housewives is because, you know, it's catchy. We both work. We both have worked. Nobody was a real housewife around here, but I think the show is going to be great. It's going to be fun. Um, I'm going to do uh, material about, you know, um, being married, my ex-husband, uh, dating again. Um, and then, you know, obviously I'll talk about my family and stuff because that's what I do uh, in, in, in my act in general. But I think it's going to be really great. So if you want to have a girl's night out, please come out or tell your friends. It's going to be good. And the stand, by the way, has delicious food. You could buy tickets at the stand uh, on the stand website, or I have a link in my bio, but I don't know what their their comedy club website is. You gotta check the stand NYC, maybe. I don't know. My uh, my daughter is there with their father this week, and so I've been just head down doing my stand up, um, and I, I, as I do when they're not here, because what else do I do? I have nothing else to do really when my kids aren't home. Which, by the way, I'm like sad about that they don't live with me full time. You know. Um, I, I, I think when I got divorced and I did joint custody, I wasn't even thinking clearly because I was just such a wreck. 
I actually had a conversation with my ex-husband, um, you know, a few months ago. I well, it wasn't really more a conversation. It was me more me. It was more me scream crying at him on FaceTime, telling him that. I want my daughters with me 24-7. I don't want them living with him. And not for any reason. He's an amazing father. He's the best. And he lives just a few blocks away. It's just, I, I what, did, what did I even agree to? I had like a, 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 a effing nervous breakdown when I got divorced. I... I had I was I was not working. I, I which by the way, I don't recommend getting a divorce when you're unemployed. I mean, cuz who thought that was a genius idea? Thanks everybody for telling me. Actually, I should take that back. My friends and family told me I just was so headstrong I wasn't listening to them. But I had like a total nervous breakdown when I got divorced and I couldn't handle anything and not like in this, you know, uh, superficial, I can't handle it kind of way. Like I was like I'm not working. I'm having a, a hard time. Um just piecing my life together, thinking about what I want to do. My marriage is falling apart. It's, it, or it's done. And I, 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 I can't even like focus on my, my own daughters. Like I was, I was literally just in a really bad, bad situation. And, um, and we did the joint custody and they have an amazing time with their father. They love him. Of course, uh, they love us both. We're st- we do an amazing job of co-parenting. I talk about that from time to time. But I just was really upset because I was like, I would have. Why aren't they here all the time? Um. So anyway, yeah, they were with him this week, and I was able to work on my stand up. But also, I'm working on a film project, which is really exciting. Um, I can't talk about it yet on this, but it's um. Uh, I can't wait to tell you is all I want to say. I can't wait to tell you. It's uh, my own project. Um, It's something that, you know, I've worked on for a while, um, but now it's sort of coming to fruition and, you know, it's just, it's just great. It's just great. It's great to have an idea and to create something, you know? I, some people, some, I have friends that don't understand that. That idea. Like, I'm like a creator. I've always been like a creator. I've always painted or I paint and draw, not so much anymore. But when I was growing up, I, I, you know, I, I, I had a sewing machine. I would sew. I would just did all these hobby things. I just always was making things. So, you know, when, when people say, oh, what do you do? How do you have time? It's like, this is just what I do for fun. You know, I mean, the only reason, to be honest, why I really watch TV and I could do the TV talk with with you people is because my boyfriend watches TV and I, but when he's not here I don't turn on the TV. I, I mean it's rare that I turn on the TV when it's by myself because instead of TV I rather just I don't know I rather just make things or I'm doing obviously stuff outside the house but you know anywho I had this huge fight with my ex-husband this week um not about the kids. It was about a post. I can't even believe this. I can't, I feel like this is, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but it was International Women's Day. I put a cute picture of me and my daughters playing tea party on the floor in my living room on Instagram. And I sent it to him. And he wrote back this like, obnoxious text back to me like I don't like this post I don't know what you're trying to do here what kind of image you're trying to portray on your social media and I'm like first of all first of all let me tell you something okay let me let me talk about this for a second I was so close with my ex and we're still close like you know and he knows me better than anybody but (laughs) 
when he, then part of the reason why we got divorced wasn't because necessarily of cultural reasons. It was because he has a nasty side to him and he would say things that were not nice and they would like get me where it hurts. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't understand people that do things like this. Like if you want to, if he wants to insult me, right? If he wants to be a jerk, call me a bitch. Be like, you're a bitch, you know, like you're an asshole or you look fat. Like I couldn't give a shit about that. But like the, the people that insult you or try to hurt you, de- you know, like know that you know your shortcomings, know your weaknesses, know, know or know something you're working on, whatever it is. And they, 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 they stab the knife deep. It's like you, you're, you're, you're insulting, you're to hurt. I don't like that kind of thing. I, cause, cause that's a difference between. I think somebody just being mad and blowing off steam and then people that just have a mean side that are saying things to really be cutting and he has this side of him and I don't know where it came from but I don't like it and we all have sides to us obviously that we don't like but this is like this this just kills me and I'm not gonna you know get into examples of things that he's said through the years but like real, really, like, fucked up things in middle of arguments that you're like, ooh, like, is this an argument or is this, like, uh, you want me to, like, jump off the bridge? Like, I don't even know. Um, so anyway, I posted this picture of me and the girls on Instagram. It was from a photo shoot that I did and um, in the house. And the reason why my kids were part of the photo shoot, not that I have to justify, but I do photo shoots, like, literally like once a year, twice a year, maybe. And it's just to post online, um, you know, maybe headshots or whatnot. And my kids know that I do them. And now they're getting a little older and they're girls and they were like, we want to do a photo shoot. So I was like, okay. So I had my best friend, Sam, come to my house. Uh, we We grew up together and she ironically lives around the corner from me. So she came to my house. We did the photo shoot with the kids it was so fun. The girls loved it. We all dressed up and we set up all these kind of scenes around the house and we took all the pictures and, um, and I put, I post them occasionally. And also it's just so much fun. Like the memories are going to be great. You know, when we're old, when I'm older, I could show them, look at what, look at what we did together when you were just babies. Right. But my ex, he's going crazy about, I don't know what kind of image you're trying to portray. And I said, I'm trying to portray. I said, for, it's, it's, it's a foot one, it's an effing picture. And it's, it's a mom with her two daughters playing dress up, having a tea party. And he's like, I don't like it. This is not the picture of an international woman. This is not showing uh, what international women do. This is not uh, showing strength. I said to him, you want to know what? Go fuck yourself, okay? A strong woman works in finance like me. A strong woman has her shit together for the most part. A strong woman goes out and pursues her dream, works on side projects, little film thing, whatever. A, a, a strong woman provides for her children, um, puts food on the table, serves as good examples, is in the world harming nobody. That's a strong woman, okay? How dare you? And he just didn't like the whole thing. And he said, you know, uh, this is not how you really are. And I think that people should know how you really are. I said, you know what? I said, what if you think people want to see all the time me in a robe with my hair in a side pony holding a magic eraser with no makeup on and, and tears down my face and, and, and stressed out with all the things in the world? Is that you think what people, are these the pictures I should be posting on my Instagram? Sure, I told him, I do videos that look like this. I do videos where I'm having freaking breakdowns. Um, But no, this is like a fun, 
uh, here's a window into our fantasy world, our fun girly world kind of picture. And I said, and by the way, when there's an actress or a model and they do a photo shoot in Harper's Bazaar or Cosmo or whatever, New York Mag, when they do these photo shoots and it's a staged, you know, mom and the kid, maybe their kids or their husband and they're swinging on a swing in bucolic gardens, I said to my ex, do you think that they're actually swinging on a swing in bucolic gardens? No, they are fucking staging a, a, a scene because they're editorializing their life for this spread. Right? I said, and this is the same thing. This is what social media is these days. I'm not editorializing my entire life. People know me online as a, a real girl. Like, I'm their real friend. Like, they see different sides of me. And some of those sides are funny. And some of those sides are just, like, like lunacy. And some of those sides are me just being a tired mom or overeating. But, but yes, littered in, I'm having these fun editorialized photos. This is what social media is. It's like the 2022 version of, you know, print magazines, so to speak, where, um, you know, some social media influencers have, um, you know, do these giant photo shoots and they stage a certain image of themselves. Am I a giant social media influencer? I told him, no. Am I st staging giant fucking photo shoots? No. I said, but... These are just real things that everybody, that, that, that moms will look at and say, oh, I remember doing that kind of cute stuff with my kids. Or, oh, I wish I had a picture of that kind of stuff. Just like I would say the same thing. So, you know what? Honestly, he just really, like, got me so crazy, as you could tell. And um, it made me realize that uh, it was a good thing that I blocked this guy from my social media. I mean, do you block your exes online? Here's the thing. I, before I got divorced and, you know, talking to friends, they would say, oh, I blocked so-and-so, I blocked this one. I used to think that's, like, kind of petty. I'm not, I don't feel bad saying that. I used to think it was petty. Like, why are you blocking these people? Who gives a shit? If your relationship is over, just you you go east, they go west. Who, who cares? Why do you have to go to the extreme of blocking? Doesn't that seem like an unnecessary step? But then I got divorced and I blocked my ex-husband because I didn't want his effing commentary on my life. Um, I didn't want him looking at my photos. And to be quite honest, I also didn't, I was protecting myself from being able to look on his page. Cause I know there would be times at two in the morning while I'll be up, not able to sleep. And I'm looking at his, looking at his stuff. And you know, I would get annoyed. Uh, maybe if I see a picture of him and his new whoever hooker of the moment. Or maybe I would see him doing something fun with the kids and I would feel bad. I don't want to get upset. Like Divorce itself is effing sad. Um, the whole thing, you know, just the whole thing is, 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 makes me upset. That we got divorced, yes, I'm still upset about that. Do I think it was the right thing? Do we think we were the right fit? I think it was the right thing at the time. I think we definitely need a break from each other, otherwise we were going to kill each other. Do I think it was the right thing forever? I mean, probably not. I mean, every guy is pretty much the same, you know, right? You might as well make it work with the one that you chose and have a family with if they're not, you know, a, a thief or a drug dealer or a gambler. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might as well make it work, right? Like, all guys kind of are the same, just like all women are the same for the most part. But it, I, that wasn't the, the path that I took. And I blocked the guy because I didn't want to hurt myself on ongoing, have my heart hurting or have him hurt me and just whatever. So 
that's a situation. And I sent him this one effing picture and he, you know, character assassinates me. So, you know what? He can go scratch for all I care, okay? Because I'm just, I'm just done. Like, he, when he says these things to me, it disturbs my inner peace. Literally, it disturbs my inner peace. It makes me think, what am I doing? Why did I do that? Why am I? And I, because I'm a sensitive person and I don't need, I don't need this kind of, I don't, I don't need this kind of shit in my life. Anyway, moving on, moving right on. My friend sent me a, um, a post a while ago, like a, I don't know if it was a meme, you know, like, I don't know, one of these like motivational things on Instagram. She said she sent it to everybody. And I just wanted to read this one to you guys because I think it's, well, I think it's so important. I think there's a few. Let me read all of them too. It's quick. I feel like it's a point. It's like it's like advice for younger girls when you're dating or with money and whatnot. Like it says, like one of them, it says on how to be attractive. Like don't spend so much time being physically attractive, you know, to impress a guy or your crush. You know, make yourself mentally attractive. Like get your education, your job, blah, blah, blah. I totally agree. And by the way, I totally agree with all these things. It says another one is normalize saying no. Don't over-explain yourself. You know, if somebody's offended by your boundaries, that's, you know, their problem. Another one is don't let other people uh, dictate what your version of fun is. You know, like fun doesn't necessarily have to mean going out, drinking, partying, socializing. And I've said this before, I'm not like a huge drinker. Like I'll have, I'll have drinks, but I... And, and, you know, if I go out with my friends, I'll, I'll have drinks. But when I was in my 20s, I struggled sometimes with that. My girlfriends were just friends in general, happy hours. Everybody would go out, get shit-faced. And that, like, I just, I didn't, like, love it as much as everybody else seemed to love it. Like, I, I've said this before. I never had a one-night stand. I, I never, like, was, like, puking in the street. I never did like drugs like cocaine and whatnot I mean one time I did shrooms because I was like 19 in Amsterdam and my roommate at the time gave me what was she told me was a handful of raisinets and land next thing I know I'm I, I'm high hallucinating on mushrooms but that's besides the point um but I never like I loved going out I loved getting dressed and 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 going to clubs and you know, doing the loops around the clubs and giving guys my number. Like, I love all that. But I wasn't into, like, getting sloppy drunk. So I love this thing about, like, fun is your own to define, you know. Because, like I said before, I have all these hobbies. Like, sometimes on a Friday night, I wouldn't go to happy hour because I would want to come home and make a scrapbook. And the, the last one that I loved that made me really want to tell you guys this is that before you get married to somebody that you need to discuss, like it's so important to discuss your bills and your parenting style and your credit, what's your credit score, do you have debt? And it goes on and on. Like what are your beliefs, your sexual expectations, your career expectations, you know, da, 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 political stuff. And it says at the end of this little advice box that love is not enough. And I have to uh, agree with this. I think that, you know, you need to love the person, of course. But money is so important. It's just so important how you spend money, um, how you save money, parenting styles, all that. My ex and I, 
you know, I've, I've openly talked about it. We had sex issues um, and, you know, but we were aligned on money. I mean, I probably spent more than he wanted me to, but that was because, you know, um, I don't know, a woman that just is attracted to, 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 the, to the fruits and fabrics and baubles of the world, you know? But I, um, money is so important. I, it, I think all this stuff is important. Politics and parenting styles. But to me, like, just money is so important. And I don't know if that's because I'll probably never get an in, uh, inheritance. And I know, like, my financial future is solely dependent on me. You know, and, and that was always, like, kind of ingrained in my head from when I first started working. I don't know if that's why. Um... I feel this way about money, but I, I've always, I'm always deathly scared of being going without. I'm always deathly scared of of being poor. I know, uh, should I have very, very, very little, I will or or nothing. I will make do. I'll find a way. I'm pretty resourceful, but I, money, I'm just, I'm. I, it's just such a thing. And um, when now that I'm divorced and I have a boyfriend, I don't really care about my boyfriend's finances. My boyfriend's finances are his business, and I'm never going to put my money together with um, a man again. When I was married, all of our stuff went into one pot, but we saved, invested, you know, bought whatever we bought, and, you know, property, whatever, and that was our decision together, and we were both on on that same page. But you know, in terms of another man that comes into my life, I don't know if the, I think money and stuff applies so much um, in second, third, whatever marriages, <clears throat> unless of course you plan on buying houses and stuff with them. But I, uh, I don't, I don't really care as much about money now that I am uh, single and dating. And if I got remarried, I would have a prenup because that's just what I would have. I would protect myself, not to say that I have. A lot, but whatever I've built to this point, I'm not going to let possibly be taken away, you know, with somebody else. So I think that there's a caveat here with second marriages. Um, But with that first marriage, the man that you have children with, the man that you maybe buy your first home with, uh, the man that you marry when you're younger and you need to capitalize on... um, compound interest and investments account investment accounts and stuff I think that money is just so important having said that though I will say when I um got together with my boyfriend I did make an excel spreadsheet of uh questions that I wanted to ask him regarding money what was his views on investing what was his views on this that and the other what were his views on this that and the other thing um he didn't really have so many views on a lot of that stuff, to be honest. And he's a great guy. But I I realized uh, I, don't, I don't need to care as much. I don't need to care as much. But I was curious just to his sort of money mentality. Um, yeah, that's what I wanted to say about that. I'm staring at my new Pilates arc, and this is my product of the day, okay? And let me tell you why. Because I... My back, I said last episode, it's like the tech snack. My back is hurting. 
Like, I, I, I don't know, my kids, they want to sleep in my bed. Oh, they come in my bed, and, and I have a king-size bed, and they take up, you know, three-quarters of the bed, and Mommy gets, like, this tiniest sliver. My back has been hurting. So I bought this thing on Amazon that I used when I was in Pilates class, and Pilates class was short-lived, let me tell you. Uh, it's called the Pilates Arc, and it's a foam-like hump. And it's, it was $120 on Amazon, which, is it worth $120? Absolutely not. But uh, can you find it anywhere cheaper? Mm, no, I've looked. But it's $120, maybe $130. It's a, it's a big, hard foam hump arc thing that you use in Pilates class. And it's called the um, Real Pilates Spine Corrector on Amazon. And you could do exercises on it, crunches, side crunches. I can't even think of anything worse. But I have it on my couch, and I've been laying on it to stretch out my back. You know, if I'm watching TV, I'm just, like, laying with this kind of big giant, laying over this hump. And um, it's been great. It's I, I, I feel good after I use it. I think it's... Uh, you know, Pilates, I loved, what I liked about Pilates, I did it on the reformer, you know, it's all that stretching and you just leave, you feel like taller and thinner and leaner, even though you're like, you're probably not, um, after, you know, like what I did, like 10 lessons, but I'm not exactly feeling the taller and leaner and thinner, but at least I'm feeling like stretched out with my arc. So I recommend it. I recommend it way more than the freaking Peloton that's just taking up space and dust in my apartment. I need to get rid of this thing. Anyway, quote, and by the way, by the way, on the Peloton, it's not that I don't like the Peloton. I do like the Peloton. What I don't like is that I spent God knows how much money on this freaking bike, and then they have the nerve. You have to pay $40 a month for the exercise program, um, you know, to, to get the classes and stuff, which is cheaper than actually joining a gym or, you know, having a trainer or, you know, taking soul cycle classes, but you don't get that motivation. So it's just collecting dust. Maybe I'll try to sell it to my ex-husband, see if he wants it. Because I know that if I wanted it back, he would probably give it back. No, he would sell it back. Okay, he would sell it back to me. Okay. Quote, quote of the day uh, by Bob Proctor. See yourself living in abundance and you will attract it. Is this not what we're talking about, people? I love it. Um, March 30th at The Stand, The Real Ex-Housewives of New York. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun night of stand-up. I hope you come out. Tell your friends to follow me on Instagram. I've been getting more followers on Instagram. Thank you. I need, I'm telling you, it helped me book this date, please. I'm trying to get a date out in Long Island at Governor's. I'm working on that. Um, you know, maybe like a one-night only, Elise DeLucci. Maybe Nikki Smigs will come with me. I have no idea what the, the, the show is going to be, but I know I'm going to be, um, you know, doing a lot of time on it. I don't like the word headliner because I just don't. I feel like I'm just regular, just like you and me. And why am I a headliner? Like, you know who's a headliner? Barbara Streisand. Okay, um, but yes, tell your friends to follow me on the gram so I can book these freaking dates. Love to love you, baby. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. I'm <laughs> the